0: As a seminarian, we do um, what's called internship. Right? I think any of you who are in the working world, especially in the medical field, are familiar with the term. Right? You have to do some, a year, if not a few years, of internship. And as a seminarian, we do the same thing. And I spent mine, or part of mine, at a boys' academy in Wisconsin. And I remember at the, gra- at the um, graduation ceremony at the end of the year, All the families were present. And we picked one of our star students to give the closing address. And he stands up there and gave a marvelous speech. And at the very end, to kind of close out the occasion, he says, And as the great Socrates said, Cogito ergo sum, which means know thyself. And everyone stood up, and there was this great round of applause. And I looked at the other seminarian who was with me, and we just kind of chuckled because that phrase is actually in Latin was not said by Socrates and does not mean know thyself. <laughs> it actually means I think, therefore I am. <laughs> and it was Descartes. So we just kind of chuckled, but we were amazed how the whole auditorium, they were all on their feet, everyone applauding. They thought it was the greatest and it was the best. And, And it's funny, the reason I say that is we're kind of at a disadvantage when it comes to these ancient texts. right? For example, we go to the first reading from the first book of Kings. Right, and ask yourself, how many of you realized what the heck the first book of Kings is talking about? Elijah goes a day's journey into the desert. He prays for death and says, this is enough, O oh Lord. And you're probably thinking, well, why did you go out into the desert in the first place? And we're kind of at a loss as to what the readings are really talking about. I think we all have had that experience. I've had that experience, Right? And it's not until you have to prepare homilies that you start going in depth and figuring out, okay, what are the readings talking about, right? What's going on here is Elijah, the great prophet, right? Think of the transfiguration. Jesus appeared in all his glory with Moses and Elijah, right? The great prophet. He's there trying to bring the people of Israel back to God. They've been following pagan gods. And what had happened right before today's passage was that duel with the prophets of Baal, right? When he says, you prepare a sacrifice on your altar, I'll prepare a sacrifice on my altar, and whosoever God sends fire to consume the sacrifice, he is God, right? And God sends down fire to Elijah's sacrifice. But what happens? Elijah then orders the people to kill the prophets of Baal And the queen, who was from Sidon, who was a pagan town, wasn't too happy about that, the fact that Elijah killed all her prophets. So she sets out to kill Elijah. That's why he's journeying out into the desert, right? He's got this army behind him who wants to kill him. And he's like, throws up his hand. He's in the middle of the desert. He throws up his hands and he says to God, he's like, you called me to do this thing. I did my best. You sent down fire. We thought we were going to convert the people of Israel, and now they're out to kill me again. He's like, I've had enough. He's physically, mentally, emotionally drained. Right? How many of us have had that same experience? Right? We get home from work at night, and we're like, you know what? (laughs) God, just take my life, (laughs) you know? We're like, we're emotionally, we're physically, we're just tired out. We've had enough. And what is it that happens in the first reading? Well, God takes care of Elijah. He gives him food, he gives him drink, he takes care of his physical needs. We live in a world, and it's it's very interesting if you... Take a step back from the world we live in and just kind of analyze things. We live in a world that's very aware of our physical needs, right? All you have to do is read the paper or watch a little bit of television. And every other commercial is about either losing weight or eating the right things or these exercise programs. And they're coming out with supposedly the latest and the greatest, right? latest and the greatest is that you know instead of sitting on the couch for five days and then going to walk your dog and then sitting on the couch for another five days they've discovered this amazing thing that if you invert that and you actually do exercise and do something for five days and then rest and then do something for another five days you'll actually be in good healthy condition Right? And it's amazing. I laugh because you're like, wow, this is the breakthrough, right? No wonder they call it rest. You're resting from something. But anyway, we live in a world that's very keen and very aware when we need to take care of our body. And we recognize the symptoms, right? The belly starts to come out. We feel lethargic. We feel groggy. And we say, you know what? I got to lose weight. I have to do exercise. But what happens? What happens is that we forget we're not just material. Right? With what physical organ do you love? Where is courage born from? And with what material, physical part of your body do you want and will? If we stop and think about it, we realize we're not just material. There's also that non-material part of us, which the technical word is spiritual. We are both non-material and material. And you know what's interesting? We actually do experience the effects when we are starving spiritually. We do feel the effects. We feel that gnawing unhappiness, you might say. We feel that general boredom. Even though I'm in so many activities, yet I feel bored. I don't feel fulfilled. And yet I'm doing so many things. I go to so many parties, and yet I'm not excited. And I'm not happy. I don't know if it's just me, but maybe you've also had that experience. But what happens is we don't realize that just as we need to take care of our physical body, we need to nourish it, we need to exercise. In the same way, we need to take care of our spiritual part. And that's what Jesus is speaking about in the Gospel. The first reading, we see how God takes care of the physical needs of Elijah and feeds him for the journey. The reason that first reading is read today, along with today's gospel, is that Jesus is speaking about the spiritual part now. He's saying, just as God took care of Elijah's journey in the desert, I'm here because I want to take care of your spiritual journey, which is just as real. Did you ever ask yourself why Jesus Christ chose bread to become his body? He could have chose anything. He could have made himself present to us in a million different ways. He's God. Why did he choose bread? Apart from the fact that, that it stems from the Passover, bread was essential for the ancient people's sustenance. Bread was that thing that everyone ate. It was the staple diet of the ancient peoples. Jesus is trying to tell us, he's saying, just as bread is so basic, so essential, so necessary that no one can go without it, so too, me, my flesh, being in communion with me, is essential and necessary. That's what we celebrate in every Mass. And that's what today, hopefully, we can remember in a special way. Take a moment and say, ask ourselves, am I just saying things and doing things that I have no idea what they are? Or... Can I stop for a moment and say, that is Jesus Christ? Either Jesus Christ is telling the truth and it is his flesh, or Jesus Christ is the greatest liar that walked the face of the earth. There is no other option we have to ask ourselves. If we believe in Jesus Christ, then we must believe that what happens every Sunday is his body.